a lot of women have given their all for children. You've got to prepare for, okay, the goal is that they're flying away. That is what we're aiming for. So I don't want to lose myself in that. So for me, this has been a really, really fun and and beautiful process of figuring out some more things that Caroline wants to do and that I I now have time to do. Welcome to the Find Your Voice podcast, a show where we believe in the power of the written word to create positive change in your personal life, your community, and the world. I'm your host, Allison Fallon. Whether you're an aspiring author or someone who swears they're not a real writer, we're here to show you how a regular practice of writing will help you access your intuition, make an impact, and find your voice. Join me for interviews with authors, writing prompts, and stories of how even simple words change lives. On today's episode of the Find Your Voice podcast, I have a special treat for you. Today, we're talking to my now friend and a client of ours at Find Your Voice named Carolyn Cook. And Carolyn is so special to me because, first of all, she's a lovely human. But second of all, she's just like you. She's just like the rest of us. She's a regular person who had never written a book before, doesn't have a huge platform, isn't an influencer on Instagram, didn't have any connections in the publishing world. She just knew deep in her gut that she had wanted to write a book and there was never really the right time in her life to do it until now. Now she has four kids who are grown or almost grown or on their way out of the house and she saw a window for herself. And so she took it. She decided to chase down the stream that she's had for so long. On today's episode, I talked to Carolyn about what the process has been like for her. I talk about her fears in getting started. I talk about what helped her overcome those fears, what helped her get unstuck. And I think you're going to really love hearing from her because her answers are simpler than you might expect. So if you've always dreamed of writing a book, but you're not sure when your window will be, don't miss today's episode with Carolyn Cook. Hi, Carolyn. So great to be here with you today. Thank you, Allie. So good to be here with you. Well, you are a listener of this podcast, so you know exactly what question I'm going to start with. The same question I always start with in these conversations, and that is, what does it mean to you to find your voice? Yes, brilliant question. I cannot pretend that is new to me because you're right. I have been listening to you (laughs) very regularly for a year. And there are two words that come to mind, purpose and peace. I think a voice that's powerful and that's meaningful and that is going to be transformative for people is someone who feels a real sense of purpose behind what they're saying and what they're expressing and trying to reach through the page to get across to the reader. And I feel that. I, I found that and it's a good feeling Yeah, to know that you know that you know what you want to say. And then I also think a voice that resonates deeply with people. I, I love the word peace. And I think that's something people are always striving for on this planet. But when someone is at peace with that purpose and at peace with who they are, it's really attractive. Mm-hmm. 
it's something you want to keep listening to or keep reading and kind of digging where did that, where does that come from? Those are important phrases in how I came to find my voice and will continue, I hope, to find it. Yeah. I mean, you, I couldn't agree with you more that the feeling of knowing exactly what you want to say, there's really no other feeling like it. I think it's why the writing process can be so cathartic because even if you don't ever share your writing with anyone, just knowing that that's what I wanted to say, that's exactly what I was thinking or feeling or how I want to frame the story is so satisfying. And, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I would definitely call that finding your voice. And I know for you, that has come at least partly through this journey that you've been on to write your first book manuscript. And I'm curious if you can tell people how long you've been dreaming about this book or like, was there a moment that you knew I wanted to write a book? I had wanted to write this book probably the day after I started recovery. Hmm. So a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, that's been 25 years or more. And I do think it's, it's uh, common when you experience a real freedom from something, yeah. you do want to just shout it from the rooftops and you want to become a counselor immediately and start yeah. helping everybody else. You do. You want to help everyone else achieve uh-huh. what you've just achieved. And yeah, even if you're not qualified or credentialed to and do it's it. It's usually a tad premature. Yeah. It's, a, it's usually a tad premature and everyone around you is like, okay, slow down. Let's make sure you're better first. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I had it. In fact, I had it. This book named twenty years ago. It was going to be called Lilies of the Field, huh. and it was going to be a book on my recovery. And I was going to write it right after my first baby was born. I just thought we'd have all this lovely nap time, and I would sit <laughs> down and write while she was. And that, of course, you know, didn't happen. Yeah. So this. This book in particular, and there, you know, I've written children's books. I'm writing more children's books. I hope to write more books. But this book in particular has been something that has wanted to come out of me for a long, long time. time. Okay, you have to tell us now what the book is about, because obviously recovery can mean a lot of different things. And your book is really specific to your own recovery process. So tell us the name of the book that the name that it has now, and also what the book is about. So the name of this book is Hungry. And it is a story of my eating disorder and the journey getting there and the dive into anorexia, which is what I dealt with for several years. And then the recovery process coming out of that and a little bit of just what life looks like now. I ironically, not well, kind of ironically have three teenage daughters and the last chapter in the book is called It's a Girl. Hmm. And when I heard that was a step in my recovery, honestly, when the doctor said it's a girl, I thought, I just don't think this is a good idea. I am, you know, three years into recovery. Are you sure? I think a boy just would have been a little safer. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, girl, that's know. just, I, I just don't, I mean, God, thank you for your vote of confidence here, but I just, yeah. I, I think there, I'd be better suited for something else. And then I had another one, hmm. another one. And so three girls has been a real journey in this yeah. department also. And, you know, the book that I would have written three years into recovery and then a book now with three teenage daughters, I think this is a much richer piece than it would have yes. been a long time ago. I agree with you. And I also think, you know, this is a question so many of our authors have that maybe you can speak to 
people wonder when is the right time for me to write this story? And they worry that maybe now isn't the right time or, you know, people kind of circle the block a thousand times trying to write the story. And, and, and sometimes people need to spend just 10 or 20 years percolating on a topic before they actually write about it. But I'm always trying to strike the balance when I help people between letting people procrastinate for decades. And then also what you talked about, like sometimes there's just a story is just not ready to be born yet. Was there, how did you know that now was the time to write the book? And were there moments along the process where you thought that it was time and then found that it wasn't? Well, there was a real specific moment after COVID, you know, or I guess this is, this is a year ago. So it was really during COVID, June, May or June of last year. And I had my second daughter was getting ready to leave for college and I have four children. So, you know, going 50% less workload really. At my house. <laughs> and, I, and I'm a real estate agent. I'm a busy mom. I work, but I did see that second daughter going away as a big hole in my life, like heart time frame. And I knew I, I'm the type that really has to have a vision for what do I want to do next? And, you know, Bob Goff's Dream Big book came out about that time, which I thought was just crazy awesome that I was reading that then. And it, I just felt it. It's time to do this. I yeah. want to write. I want to get this done. I've known for a long time it needs to happen. That is when Find Your Voice magically came into my life. Thank mm-hmm. goodness. My friend and therapist, Noel Warner, I was saying, you know, I think I want to write a book, but it might be a pamphlet because I really just can't get enough <laughs> words on the page. And she said, oh, my gosh, you've got to get in touch with Allie Fallon and find your voice. I'd never heard of y'all before. I got on your beautiful website. And it was, I just could not believe you had that service. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know many people who want to write a book. I know they're all out there. But they're not necessarily in my circle. My 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 family's like, not wanting to even read the books they have to read for college and high school and in school. So, so I'm just not in that world. <laughs> You're like people so, want to write books. <laughs> yeah. They definitely didn't want to write them. So I got in there, learned about it. And I, I think I had maybe a intro call with you all. So encouraging, so nice. And I just signed up to be, you know, your client yeah. for you all to help me. And, um, I, I, I can a hundred percent tell you it would, I, I would not have written it if it wasn't for you. Wow. I just wouldn't have. It's too overwhelming. It is so overwhelming. I mean, I think that's the nice thing about working with someone who can break it down for you and kind of walk you through the process step by step is it's the biggest project most of us will take on, you know, to think about 50,000 words, a typical book length, like holding that amount of information in your brain. You just can't, there's just no way, you know? (laughs) So you worked with one of our coaches, Annie. Can you talk a little bit about what that process was like? Like, what did she do first? What did, what did she do that was really helpful? Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait to meet Annie in person. I'm going <laughs> to give her the biggest bear hug because I thought we were totally best friends on Zoom. You know, you are really vulnerable when you are talking about a book that's in your heart that you want Truly. to get out. Especially... I think, I think regardless, you're vulnerable. But when you're talking about a memoir, which is what I was doing, I don't know. I felt like it added a, another layer of vulnerability and just fear of, is this even good? Is this mm-hmm. something that's worth writing down? So she certainly had a wonderful, I want to say bedside manner, but 
yeah. uh, in this in author world. Very encouraging, very kind, um, just so so validating. Um, in the Zoom worked really well. We had I thought y'all had a really good system of a few hours at a time, and then you take a break, and then another few hours. I think that was what two or three days. Yeah, that we did. To get the outline finished, mm-hmm. yeah, to get that outline finished, and and I really and I kept up with her a lot. I would I would send her updates, and I would you know screenshot my one hundred index cards with different colored pencils written yeah. everywhere, and say you know she would be excited for me, and then my summaries, and but the process was just wonderful, hmm. and at that you know when I was done. With Annie and that specific program, the next part was, I think, it's very helpful or, or just imperative for me yeah. as well to actually get the entire manuscript down and done. Yeah. So you finish with Annie and you have essentially, you have a completed outline of your book and you also have a book proposal document so that you could mm-hmm. pitch to publishers if you needed to, if you mm-hmm. decided to go the traditional publishing route. But I think what you're getting at, you know, we've noticed this whole too, sometimes after prepare to publish, when it comes time to actually write the manuscript, if you're doing this for the first time, you know, you have a clear map to follow, but again, you have, you don't have the accountability Correct. Or the, I mean, I think it's really accountability, but just someone to sort of like nudge you every couple of days and be like, by the way, are you making progress on oh, your book? Oh, and when it's your first, of course, you don't go around telling people you're an author because you've yeah. never even written a book before. So I've equated it, and I've said this on our, our Zoom chats with the other authors, is an imaginary friend. I mean, people kind of look at you crazy when you say, sure. yeah, well, I'm writing. They're like, oh. That's great. That's, that, that's nice for you. It'd yeah, be like if you were like, I'm trying out for American Idol. They'd be like, wow. Exactly. In, their, in their mind, they're thinking, do I need to tell her this is not going to work? Yeah. Um, so we were each other's cheerleaders and you didn't feel so crazy. And that accountability piece, and you just said that, was absolutely what drove me to want to get this completed. Yeah. Well, and what you're talking about is this new program we implemented called Book Writing Bootcamp that is for anyone who's been a previous client of Find Your Voice. So if you've been through Prepare to Publish or the Memoir Masterclass, then Book Writing Bootcamp is an opportunity for you to gather together with a group of other committed authors and mm-hmm. walk through a clear process to actually get the manuscript written. So that's true whether you're self-publishing or traditional publishing you know, if you're a first time author, again, you've just not done it before. And Mm -hmm. so it's nice to have people next to you going like, yeah, this is hard, or this is weird, or this came up for me too. I'm feeling a lot of resistance. And then also it's motivating to watch other people make progress. I noticed that that happened in the group too, that when one person would say, I have 20,000 words written, other people kind of perk up like, whoa, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and you were so encouraging. Okay. Find your voice, the, the heart of your business and your company that you've created and the people that you work with, it's, it is so directed to helping us that I, all of it, I mean, you're a therapist really when you're on there and you're encouraging us and telling us these books to read and validating us. I, I've never did not get off that call and feel anything but inspired, you know, to keep it up. And we'd all side text each other, way to go. That's a great idea. I can't wait for your book. It's just been 
fascinating, fascinating, because it can be a very lonely process. You're not known as an author yet, and you're spending a lot of time on something that you're not really ready to talk about with people. So it's it's just odd. It's an odd time. Yeah. Speaking of it being an odd time, I'm curious if you can talk about some of the real obstacles that you faced while you were actually getting the book written. We talked about all kinds of obstacles within the group. I think it's helpful for people who are at the beginning of the process to hear a realistic take on what it actually feels like or looks like to get a book written. Because yeah. at least for me, my, the the vision in my head of what it looked like to write a book before I actually had written a book was so different than how it mm-hmm. actually felt to write a book that when I sat down to do it, I thought I must be, I must be crazy. I must be doing mm-hmm. this wrong. But then when you hear other people talk about the process of writing a book, you're like, Oh, it's like this for everyone. <laughs> yes. And that was so helpful. So yeah, helpful. talk about what it was like for you. Like what were some of the obstacles that you had to overcome? Well, I, and everybody's so different. We all know I do better. Well, I'm a three on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. which I, you're not right. Or you are, I'm a four, but I have a three wing. I really, really identify with the three quite a bit. Well, so, and I've got a lot of other things too, but, but, <laughs> but three, Productivity is so my jam, you know? And so I did some of my best writing when I had a very specific time allotment. Like if you gave me the whole day to write something, I could give you one line. But if you gave me 30 minutes, I could do a fabulous chapter. Yeah. And I found myself, even weird things like a Friday night where I'm chaperoning my teenagers and they're kind of coming in and out. Well, I would have my laptop. I remember a few weekends I'd have my laptop on the kitchen island with some show on lots of noise happening, kids coming in and out. I'd do some awesome writing during that time. (laughs) When I'm too alone or there's too much time, I can't do it. Yeah. But that's, that's just my kind of multitasking brain, I guess. I actually think you're not totally alone in that though, in that, you know, like one of the things we teach in book writing bootcamp is the writing calendar and what the writing calendar shows especially first time authors is that you actually can fit book writing into your regular life. You don't need a big myth. I think of the writing Mm -hmm. process is that you have to book a cabin in the woods and go away for a month at a time. And while of course that would be a beautiful luxury if you could book a cabin in the woods and go away for a month, but most books don't get written that way, at least not in 2021. So, so I think what you're getting at is really important for new authors to hear, which is books can get written in your real actual life. Even if you have four children, even if you have a full-time job, even if you're taking care of elderly parents, I'm naming life situations that have been true for all of our authors. Well, and you know, Anne Lamont, the whole butt and chair thing was really helpful for me. A lot of it's discipline. You've just got to decide you're going to do it. True. And you've got to do it every day. You do not have to do it all day, every day. In fact, the last month, I would say I would do it sometimes, I mean, maybe just 20 minutes that yeah. day. Now, I needed enough time to, for, for me, a lot of this was digging down deep and trying to, I remember I told you it was like scuba diving for me. Yeah. I had to go under. I had to go down yeah, and yeah, remember yeah. and smell and hear what those memories were like, because I really wanted to accurately describe on page what it was I was feeling and seeing and hearing. You can't 
make a peanut butter sandwich for Thomas, who's 12, while you're doing that. So I definitely, <laughs> while he was at school, that was really helpful. I knew once yes. he was home, that was pretty hard. Yeah, I'll add to that too, really quickly. If you're writing and you were writing about a topic that's really personal to you and and covering a time in your life that, you know, I mean, that you cover the healing, but also a piece of your life that was perhaps traumatic or at least really challenging. Um, writing a book can be emotional, if, especially mm-hmm. if you're covering an emotional topic. And I think that's the piece that makes people feel like maybe I need to disconnect from my regular life and go to the beach for, you know, a month or check in like, you know, a cabin in the woods for a month. And I just put that out there to be realistic, to say that if you're writing a memoir and you're covering an emotional topic, it may, it may at points stir up some things for you that feel Mm -hmm. like they take up space in your life. But that space, this is the piece that I think is misconceived. That space doesn't have to be sitting at your computer actually writing. Some of the space, like, you know, when I was writing my second memoir, a lot of the space that the book took up was therapy, (laughs) going Mm -hmm. on walks, going to yoga Mm -hmm. classes, processing internally what was going on with me. And then the sitting at the computer to write it was actually a small fraction of that time. I like when you're talking about Cabin in the Woods, a couple of years ago, I know it was just two years ago, I let my college daughter go to Bonnaroo. Mm. Yes. And I, we rented a little cabin right by there and I was the chaperone, but I would drop them off and pick them up. And so I thought, oh, this is perfect. I will write my book. Yeah. Well, that did not go well. I did have a little (laughs) cabin in the woods and I was so miserable I just couldn't do it. I needed more. That was, but that's also me. Someone, it's a luxury. It was not a luxury of me. It was a recipe for disaster for me. Because you needed more stimulation or, or what was it? Uh, I just don't, I'm not motivated by, by quiet. Uh, I've always performed best in a deadline. Okay. You tell me I've got 20 minutes. It's going to, I'm going to rock it out. But you tell me I have two weeks. I just don't care. Interesting. So short deadlines actually work better for you too. Oh, I am fabulous at short deadlines. Because it's funny, like for me, part of why booking time away works well for me to get writing done is because of the deadline. Because I'm like, I have seven days and the book has to be done when I leave here. (laughs) Versus, you know, I can sort of like, if I'm like, I have three three months to write a book, you know, I don't know. I can kind of drag it out, but I can see how... 20 minutes a day would work really well too. It just, yeah. I think what's nice to notice for, for those who are listening and who know they want to write a book is that there are so many different ways to do this. There is not yeah. one way you have to find a way that works for you and you don't have to mimic what you think other writers do. One thing you said one time that really encouraged me, there were so many things you'd say that I would just marinate on all week. I think you said one time, every new author writes a book and is thinking the whole time, what in the world am I doing? Truly. Yeah, and truly. is this horrible? It probably is. And mm-hmm. just self-doubt and and just, this is crazy. And that, that made me feel like I was not as crazy. And then there were times, there was a real, I think I told you this as well, there was a rhythm that started happening once I was writing every day. And like when you live in another country and you start learning a language and I did this in Spain and you start dreaming in, in that language, yeah. dreaming in Spanish. And that's when you really know you're getting it. Well, I was dreaming about my chapters. I would wake up 
in the middle of the night and think, oh, I need to put that in there. Yes. And that was a that was a really fun rhythm of knowing you're getting there, the train's moving, the station's up ahead. Let's get the let let's let's bring this in home. That's such a fun stage in the process. I say all the time, mm-hmm. writing a book is a little bit like putting together a puzzle. And I do mm-hmm. think the outline pro- part of the process is, you know, getting the edges all put together mm-hmm. so that you've got an outline for the book. And then once you get past that point, it's like, it's just falling in love with the process of solving the puzzle. You know, yes. you it's not about getting it right every time. It's about falling in love with this, with the feeling of, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to figure, I'm going to figure out something yeah. else tomorrow. Yeah. I've already started in a place in my phone notes of my next book. I love it. I and love they just start that. kind of happening. And, and, and I've, I've about four things that I've written on there. Cause I just had this gut feeling of, Oh yeah, this is a chapter. Or, oh, this yeah. Is. So yeah, I, I think, I think I've been bit by this book. <laughs> And I've I've always, yeah. And I've, and it doesn't surprise me. I've always been a writer. Mm -hmm. Certainly never thought I wanted to be an author my whole life, but writing has just always felt like a natural reaction. Yeah. Something that I've been thinking about, pondering, figuring out. That's what I want to do. I want to write down. Yeah. What are your, what are your biggest hopes for this book? And I'll preface that question by saying, you don't have to say the typical thing that writers say. You can, of course, talk about the New York Times list or book sales. But I'm curious for you, like best case scenario, this book does exactly what you want it to do. What happens after the book is out in the world? Well, I can. I don't want to say promise, but I don't think it's going to be a New York Times bestseller. <laughs> and that's okay. I think there are some other books that are in me that could be. This one was almost more of an obedience thing. I have Mm. known that I wanted to write this for so long. When I got better, I remember thinking specifically, if someone had told me about this before I went down the road of anorexia, I'm not sure I would have done it. So the win for you would be a young girl picks up this book, reads your story and goes, oh yeah, I'm not doing that to myself. Mm -hmm. I love it. Or, Or parents reading it and saying, now I might understand a little bit more what she's thinking. Yes. Or even noticing something they wouldn't have noticed before. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of parents are oblivious. Well, Not, you know, well meaning. Oh, but, oh, so well meaning. Yeah. So well meaning. I mean, I I talk a lot about, you know, compliments I got as a as a young girl. I you know, grew up kind of out of my baby weight and I mean, everywhere I went, people were saying, oh, you look so good. If you lost Mm. weight, you look so good. And I have a little timeout section where I say, okay, parents, this is scary stuff. Does it mean we never compliment our child? Well, no. No, that's not what, it just means we've got to be aware. We've got to know our kids and, and, and yeah, compliment them how they look, but don't let that be the only compliment that they get. Yeah. You know, I've noticed this has shifted in my generation too. Even with really young kids, my daughter is 10 months and I've noticed that there's been a conscious effort in my generation to be more careful about only complimenting young girls on their looks. Like it's something that, you know, 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't have even noticed, Mm -hmm. but there is a tendency when you see a tiny little 10 month old girl for you to be like, she's so beautiful. You're so beautiful. beautiful. Oh my gosh, you're going to be such a heartbreaker. Uh And I think nobody means anything bad by that, but it's good to be aware that, you know, we have such a focus on how little girls look and that same focus, not that I think eating disorders can, 
definitely play a role in boys' lives too. And boys have their own stuff to deal with. But for little girls, I've noticed that my group of friends and people who spend time around my daughter are, are really conscious to say like, you're so smart. You're so brave. (laughs) You know, other kinds of compliments other than just, you're so pretty. Oh yeah. I mean, we are still in a time where eating disorders are rampant and Mm -hmm. they have really risen during COVID. Mm -hmm. I I talked to someone yesterday and they were talking about a facility in Texas and that they are just, they have a waiting list a mile long. It's gone wow. so much during this time. It's stress and anxiety and all of that. Yeah, and control. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Any of our addictions are always an attempt mm-hmm. to control what we feel we can't control. And so that's I hadn't thought of that. It's really tragic. Another thing is that I really want to speak more to groups of people, groups of girls, schools, universities. So I think this book is going to, my hope is that it kind of goes before me. It's maybe something I could send or that they get their hands on and say, now this is your book. That's awesome. Here's your story. Come tell us about it. Yes. So that, that would be a real tangible hope of mine with this. You would be so great at that, Carolyn. I mean, you, yeah, you, you'd be perfect for it. I hope that door opens for you. Well, I don't turn down mics very often. So, um, <laughs> I, and, so great at it. Well, it, we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I just have, I've already, I, I need to stop sending it to people because I know it hasn't been edited and everything yet. But I've got a call, two different people in the last 48 hours have called me about different girls that they know that are struggling. Mm. Like, well, this is not ready yet, but I'll send you the PDF of my book. It'll help. So I'm ready. I'm ready to get it out there. Just, it's a great conversation starter as well. And I mean, it's just my story. I mean, I always say you get what you pay for with me. I mean, I, I am not a PhD. This, I am not a psychiatrist with this. This is my story, but if it can help you, that would Mm -hmm. be such a win. And personal stories can be so powerful. And the other thing I want for listeners to hear you say and hear me say is that if you are interested in having a speaking career, having a book not only helps you get your foot in the door to get that started, it also allows you to raise your honorarium. Events will pay more for public speakers who have a book than they will to public speakers who don't. And then not only that, but you also get to sell your book in the back of the room. And if it's self-published, you keep 100% of the profits. And it can become really quickly, you could speak once or twice a month. And, you know, yeah. I don't depending on where you're speaking, I don't know if you'd make like a full-time type living, but you could really quickly make a full-time living speaking. Yeah, that that's so exciting because I do it for free. Yeah. But, you know, I think it'd be really cool if it could actually be lucrative. So that yeah. would yeah, we'll just we'll just see. I'm so excited. I'm so excited about I this stage in my life. You know, I've been a mom now 22 years. Yeah. And I love that. And I'm so proud of what I've been doing. I really am. I love sending these people out into the world to fly and do their own thing. But it's they're they're excited for me. My girls Good. really like this. And oh, they are their friends are also excited. They come to my office all the time and ask to read a chapter or hear something. I mean, it's it has really been fun. That's so good. What there are so many points in the book writing process that are really can be demoralizing. You know, there's all kinds of rejection involved. I know you've had a few meetings with agents yeah. and you've talked with some publishers and different things. Mm-hmm. And and I just know from experience that process can get demoralizing after a while. And every author has to have something that they hang on to or something they tell themselves 
to keep themselves going and get the book written, even when you get those, you know, messages that you don't want to get or get the note right. that you don't want to hear. So I'm curious what that is for you. What's the thing that's kept you going? You. <laughs> you're, you're encouraging, telling all of us. I mean, you're exactly right, though. I mean, y'all have said to us so many times, guys, you're going to get told no so many times, yeah. especially, you know, I, and I thought you were really honest and kind to all of us after COVID stuff. You said, guys, you know, their publishing is really dead right now yeah. in terms of new authors. So we want you to know that. And that was helpful because otherwise, I you could just think, well, what do I do now? But yeah. self-publishing is just such, it's, it's not, it's not even plan B anymore. It seems like it's not, there, it's not. And, and that's, and that is really hopeful and wonderful. I saw some YouTube video yesterday, I guess a literary agent, maybe it's the person I'm going to talk to next week that you set me up with for self-publishing. They sent me something a YouTube video about the self-publishing journey. And it just, it seems like it was, it's become a real equalizer for people mm-hmm. now. And I'm grateful for that. I mean, the same things happen in music. So why not in, in, yeah. in and the writing publishing books? industry is just lagging a little bit behind, but yeah, you're talking about book launchers, which is, mm-hmm. you know, we have partnered with them and a lot of our clients get help on the marketing front and, and sales front from book launchers because they offer that, part of their program that we just don't have, we don't have the expertise or the team in, to do that. And book launchers does such a great job. Yeah. At it. A lot of our clients use them. So I'm saying that for anyone who's listening, who's interested in knowing more about book launchers, you can go to booklaunchers.com, check out what they have there and make sure you let them know that we sent you. But yeah, they, that I think, you know, having someone who can show you the way, hold your hand through the process, remind you that what you're facing is normal every other author since the beginning of time has faced these same types of challenges is it's really the biggest differentiator between someone who gives up 10% of the way into the process and someone who makes it to the finish line. Yes. I I like the way that self-publishing is a great option. That's what I did with my children's books eight years ago. And that's been such a joy. Um, Who knows? I'm totally open to working with, a publishing company. I'd like to someday. I think sure. I, I'd love to have someone come alongside me and say, I get the vision and I want to help you get there. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome, but I'm not going to wait around for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the nice thing about self-publishing is it puts a lot of control back in the seat of the author. And it doesn't mean that traditional publishing contracts don't benefit the author or aren't, aren't a good option as well, but it's just nice to have lots of options. Mm-hmm. And you know, the whole word that I didn't even know what the word platform meant a year ago. Yeah. And I'm, I am cognizant of it. I'm working on that, but I'm not obsessed with it yeah. because I just, I just, that there's some of that whole building your platform thing feels a little inauthentic to me. Yeah. And if my goal is to just get this book this specific book in the hands of people who need it. I'm not really worried about a platform right now. Yeah. I can work on it and I can genuinely add to it as it comes and goes and pictures and Instagrams and all of that. But I'm not solely focused on that. And, and, and I think that's been helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of what we talk about at find your voice. I think the differentiator is 
you know, there are a lot of people who build platforms and have no idea what they want to say. And I always say it'd be like gathering a thousand people in the room and being like, everyone listen to me. (laughs) And then it's like, now what, what am I going to say to these people? So before we build a platform, I don't think there's anything wrong with building a platform. I just think we have to decide what's my message. What's the thing I want to say? What's the legacy that I want to leave? What does my voice really sound like? And then once you know that, you know, uh, your message is transformative for a reader, by all means, g- gather as many readers around you as you possibly yeah. can and shout your message from the rooftops. But I think a lot of people put the cart before the horse. They're like, if I want to be an author, I have to build a platform. So I'm going to start like doing dancing videos on Instagram. And, yes. then, and then, yeah. And then you have a platform where you do dancing videos on Instagram, but like, what are you going to write about? So no. And you said something one day that was really helpful. And I've thought about a lot too. I think I'm at like 353 followers or something on my new Instagram for really writing. And, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of small compared to some of these other authors, yeah. but, but that's okay. And you said, guys, if you had a hundred people in a room yeah, and you're talking to them, that's a hundred people. in a room. That's a totally. big audience. Yeah. And so now when I see my number, I think about that. I'm like, God, 353 yeah. people. I mean, that's a lot of people. 353 young women or parents of young women who mm-hmm. are struggling with an eating disorder yeah. listening to what you have to say. Yeah, that's a that's a big gift. Yeah, it changes the way you think about that that number. So yeah. What would you say is one big lesson that you've learned throughout this process of writing your book? Oh, I would say the lesson that I've learned is if you have something that you want to do that is even as big as writing a book, it is going to be a challenge and there is going to be some discipline involved, but there is great reward in getting something accomplished that you set out to do. Mm. And I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm at the first tape, I feel like, of a marathon where I did it. You know, I turned it into you last week. Week We all, you know, sent you our manuscripts and that was such a good feeling. And I feel like I've been drinking Gatorade and eating some cereal bars and I'm kind of ready to go back at it again. I love it. You know, so that's a, it's a, I think that shows me that this is something I want to continue doing. That's amazing. And just that there's really, there's nothing like it. And, And I don't care if it's planning a garden. Didn't have to be writing a book or or learning a new skill, completion, or even just you know really following through with what you set out to do is just a joyous thing. And I and I'm even not I'm not even a lazy person, but it's hard sometimes to really do it what you want to do Mm -hmm. with all the distractions in life and and just do it, just get it done, and then sit back and and kind of revel in that. Yeah. But it's got to be burning in you. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I don't know a lot of people that just really want to write a book, but if you really are one of those people, then do it. There's, there, yeah. there's nothing, there's no time like the present, but just be prepared for some discipline. I love that so much. And, you know, you and I know different groups of people because I would say almost everyone I meet when you dig below the surface and I'm, I'm meeting different people than you. I acknowledge that my circle is for sure influenced by the work that I do. Mm -hmm. But when I get people talking, so many people that you would never dream of want to write a book. Yeah. So I love that advice that you gave. And I think, you know, it's, it's good advice for anything, not just writing a book like you talked about, but that feeling of completion is so satisfying. 
Well, I'm around a lot of people, a lot of women who have given their all for children. Mm. And that's a wonderful thing. And I've been in that role for 22 years and um, they go and there can be a real hole of Mm. just purpose and what next. And I'm certainly not saying everybody needs to write a book, but I do think it's, I want to encourage women to find maybe a new hobby or a new passion and you're going to grow from that and and you're going to change. We all should be growing and changing. Um, We've always said, or I've always loved the phrase, the goal is for your children to leave and your husband to stay. (laughs) And yet we live and use our energy a lot of times during those those child rearing years is the, you know, a lot of times the opposite happens. The kids will stay and the husband's gone. So um, you've got to prepare for it. You've got to prepare for, okay, the goal is that they're flying away. That is what we're aiming for. So I don't want to lose myself in that. So for me, this has been a really, really fun and and beautiful process of figuring out some more things that Caroline wants to do. Mm -hmm. And that I have, I now have time to do. It's so beautiful. I'm so grateful for you and the time that you spent with us here today. I'm grateful for you as a client of Find Your Voice and a continued advocate for the work that we're doing. I think you're the perfect example of what can happen when someone says, I have been dreaming of this book for so long. I've got to finally get it out of me. And you know, you have followed the steps that we've laid out in front of you and you have achieved the success that you set out to achieve. So, and I, I know for a fact, it's going to continue to happen for you. Doors are going to open and this is not the last book that you'll ever write. So, well, I can't, Allie, I cannot tell you enough how thankful I am for find your voice. There is just really no way I would have gotten here in this amount of time um, without without you all. I mm. no way. And the way you do it with graciousness and kindness and not too you know you're not pushy by any means, but you're encouraging. It's yeah. it's it's pretty exceptional. And I hope to be a cheerleader for you all for a long, long time because I'm forever grateful for what you were able to do with me. Thank you so much. It's such a gift to hear that. And thank you again for spending this time with us today. I know it's going to be encouraging to so many of our aspiring authors who are listening. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Find Your Voice podcast. We hope this inspires you to pick up a pen and start finding the words that will change your life, your community, and your world. If you liked what you heard today, share with a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, And if you haven't already, check out our website, findyourvoice.com. Subscribe to our Monday Motivation for free and get inspiring writing prompts in your inbox each week. Until next time, happy writing.